Hello, you are listening to Radio Maria, and this is Father Toby with your word for today. We're going to begin our reflection today with uh, today's gospel, which is taken from Mark chapter 6. Jesus went to his hometown, and his disciples accompanied him. With the coming of the Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and most of them were astonished when they heard him. They said, Where did the man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been granted him? and these miracles that are worked through him. This is the carpenter, surely, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Jude and Simon. His sisters, too, are they not here with us? And they would not accept him. And Jesus said to them, The prophet is only despised in his own country, among his own relations and in his own house. And he could work no miracle there though he cured a few sick people by laying his hands on them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. A couple of themes came together as I read the end of today's gospel. First, in an excellent book that I'm reading, which some might unkindly comment I have no need of reading. It is, after all, called How to Do Nothing. But in it, the author Jenny O'Dell speaks about resisting the urge of contemporary culture to say, these people around me are not enough. Resist the urge to think that I must look further afield for my happiness and satisfaction. She encourages us to resist the temptation to ignore the people around us and seek satisfaction instead in people on a screen. It sounds so obvious, but social media seems to correspond to a deep restlessness within us and a desire to avoid the cost of real, meaningful relationships, which sometimes is boredom or listening to the same thing twice. God can be viewed as too far away for us to give sustained attention to him, the people around us too close, too demanding, too suffocating. And so we connect in an empty way further afield. The second theme is from a book on Jordan Peterson, God and Christianity, in a section of the book looking at his 12 Rules for Life by Matthew Petrusek. Petrusek notes that Peterson rejects the fact-value distinction of contemporary culture. This is the idea that I cannot say how something ought to behave or what it is for simply by looking at what it is. All that science can tell us is facts about the world, and science is viewed as the only reliable form of knowledge, and so it's left to us to make up the ought from the is, as we please. We have to be manufacturers of meaning. Science is objective, morality purely subjective. But Peterson says that this distinction between facts and values can only ever be theoretically held because in practice, my values affect the facts that I perceive. As humans, we can be choose what to be attentive to, and this necessarily involves a value judgment. Why listen to this radio rather than scroll through Instagram? I hope you're not doing both. Well, because you thought that what you might hear is better than what you might scroll through. I hope that's proving the case. But the basic point is that our hierarchy of values affects what we look at. Perception is not a neutral activity. We are constantly in the process of choosing what to perceive. 
And that choice is from so many more choices than we had even just a few years ago. I think a lot more thinking about and teaching about how to choose well is necessary. A lot more than we are currently doing and getting. Young people, in fact, with a phone are dumped into an ocean of choice that would befuddle even the wisest of persons some 30 years ago. And they're given, well, neither a boat nor a paddle nor a good map. And a mantra of Jordan Peterson's is that we should pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient. The question obviously then becomes, what is truly meaningful? And I don't think we get to decide this for ourselves. We can wrongly attribute meaning to that which is actually vacuous and meaningless. That cat video you're thinking about now, as this word for today goes on a little bit, that cat video doesn't have meaning. It might entertain, but the entertained life is not the meaningful life. The meaningful life, and here sociology backs me up completely, is personal and local. A person who lives their day-to-day -day life devoid of in-person relationships is impoverished, quite possibly through no fault of their own, but also possibly through their own bad choices. We have to choose what to look for. And we know deep down we should look for what is true and what is good. If somebody said, I'm looking for lies and evil, then unless they were doing so in their capacity as an investigative journalist, you'd very much question their judgment. And the good news is that the pursuit of truth and goodness will ultimately always lead us to God, to Jesus, who is their source. Now that pursuit might take us to places that we never expected to go. We might see goodness in people who we'd previously dismissed as boring. It's one of the things I love when I listen to stories of conversion, many of them on this radio, of people who found the source of truth and goodness in the last place they expected, in the one they had discounted at the outset, the carpenter from Nazareth, the son of Mary, the prophet currently despised by the very culture that is built upon his teachings.